0: What a blessing. Thank you, guys. It's amazing how God connects us to each other and to Him when we hear each other's hearts. And I heard a lot of hearts today. Thank you for that. It was very, very much a blessing. And I uh, also hope nobody here has an alarm clock. <laughs> uh, I feel blessed even if we left right now because you guys bless me tremendously. We are in the book of Titus. Uh, on Mother's Day, we also were in the book of Titus. And this time we're going to look at the passage in regard to older men. Uh, Titus chapter 2, the first two verses. I ask you to stand in our God's honor as I read aloud from the word. You must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for some examples of men who loved. As we look at your word, I pray, Father, you would remind us to be such examples, God. That you might just work through us. That we might leak Jesus Thank you, Father, for allowing us to be together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Van Morse writes about three sisters, 97, 94, and 92. The 97-year-old sister was taking a bath. And then she yells downstairs, I can't remember if I'm getting in or I'm getting out. And so the 94-year-old sister comes to the stairs, gets halfway up the stairs, and she says, I can't remember if I was going up or if I was coming down. And so the youngest of the three, the 92-year-old sister said, Wow, I am so glad I have not completely lost my mind and memory yet. said, but you never know when that could occur, knock on wood. I'll be up there as soon as I answer the door and see who's there. The truth of the matter is, we're all headed that direction if God allows us to live that long. And yet, we live in a culture that is in constant denial, wanting to stay young, wanting to look young, wanting to dress young, wanting to sound young. It's a hundred billion dollar industry in the united states to have this facade of being young and yet the bible does not look at age as a curse as growing older as something that should be avoided at all costs in psalm 92:14 The psalmist talks about bearing fruit in old age, still being active, still being productive. In Psalm 37, 25, the psalmist says, I was young, now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken by God. Matter of fact, in Proverbs 16, 31, it talks about those who walk with God, that their gray head is a crown of glory. A sign of respect, that they're to maximize their wisdom, maximize their experience, for God, in a culture that refuses to act its age, the Bible commands us all to act our age and to be proud of that age. Um, back at chapter one, as it ends, we get a description of where the believers lived on the island of Crete describing these people. Verse 15, it says, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. So there are people there on the island who are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. And now look at our, our text. In verse 1, he opens up. He he says, you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. So it's like he's going to open the chapter and suddenly he's going to hit us with, let me tell you the content of doctrine that you need to learn so that you have the facts, so that you have the artillery in your mind. But he goes on in a his teaching and he doesn't focus On belief, he focuses on behavior. He focuses on what kind of example they are to be. He says here, sound doctrine, the word sound, it's from the word we get our word hygiene. In other words, a clean, pure doctrine, a clean, pure way of life to be a type of influence that is for God. He goes on in the chapter, he discusses anger, immorality, immaturity, gossip, substance abuse, laziness, uh, keeping priorities, dishonesty, disobedience, back talk, innuendo, stealing. And he comes down and he gives some very clear principles about not just the content of our doctrine, but the character of who we are in Christ Jesus Now, uh, I have to deal with this. Talking about older men, so who's old? Well, according to the Greeks of that day, is there anybody 50 and older? So, I'm old. 53, so nothing personal. I didn't say this. This comes from the scripture as Paul speaks, uh, if you're over 50. But let's look at these uh, quickly here. The first Of these traits that are discussed. He says teach the older men. To be temperate. The word. Speaks. About being a a man who's serious about his faith. The idea here is getting older does not automatically mean you get wiser. It's not just your chronological age that makes the difference. It's not just the length of your walk, it's the strength of your walk. It's, it's a matter of growing older is not enough. You've got to grow up in the Lord. And, and, and that's what's being referenced here. The word actually has a reference to being unmixed with wine. It, it speaks about uh, being discreet, being free from excess, not being trapped from addictions that rule a person's life. That's the kind of man that's being discussed here. Um, At the age of uh, 50, by the time you know you're getting up there when you get on the elevator and you know the words and songs. and uh, Your clothes have gone through two cycles of being stylish. Um, The word has the idea of being dignified. It means not to be superficial or or to be shallow. In, In other words... Paul, as he is speaking to these men, he's saying, don't be adolescent. Don't be childish. Who is the adolescent? It's the one who lives for himself and his own pleasures, who views people as pawns to be moved and controlled for his own selfish purposes, who lives by temper tantrums. And it was known in that day these were men who did not accept responsibility, self-sacrifice, or a strong worth ethic beyond how it helped Them and no one else. In other words, it's possible for an old man to act like a little boy. And Paul's word here is that we need men, not little boys. Little boys are all about their own shallow reflection. It's look at my clothes. Look at my muscles. Look at my money. Look at my women. Look at my condo. Look at my job. Look at all my cool stuff. But see, the message is not about. What I have, It's about who I am, and that's what God wants to build. Some data in a book entitled "The Death of the Grown- Up" over France, Italy, England, and America gives some frightening statistics and information. British surveys revealed 46 percent of adult couples in Great Britain regard their parents' houses as still their real homes. In Italy, nearly one out of three 30-year-olds never leave their parents' home to begin with. In fact, uh, there was a case in Italy that especially caught my attention about a father being successfully sued because he was considered by his 30-year-old son to have to be financially responsible so that he could continue to enjoy his own personal goals and ambitions. You see, more adults in America in this study, 18 to 49, now watch the Cartoon Network than CNN. Of course, that might say more about CNN, I don't know. But uh, the average video gamester in 1990 was not 18, today's 30. The National Academy of Sciences back in 2002 redefined adolescence, that period of time between the onset of puberty and adulthood, it redefined it between 12 and 30. And a more recent study has has moved it from 12 to 34. One author wrote, Our civilization has a near religious devotion to perpetual adolescence. The last thing you want to be is an older man. Now we even are in a time where adolescence are fathers of adolescence. Temperance. Secondly, self-control. He says, teach the older men to be self-controlled, worthy of respect. This is talking about a soundness of mind and a soundness of thinking. This is talking about a person that wakes up and says, God, I need you today. God, I need to know how to walk. I need to know what to say. I, I need you to enter my life, Lord. As Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. You you see, it is that picture of, God, I want to grow up in the faith. I I want to think straight. I want to think biblically. They're old enough to know that sin promises more than it can produce. That money alone does not bring happiness. As it says in Proverbs 23, 4 and 5. Hey, don't chase after getting rich. Cast but a glance at riches. And they're gone. They're like, in, 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 it's there for just a moment. Sprouts wings, flies off like an eagle. It, it is a picture of, of knowing through the years that sickness and suffering come and life is fragile, so relish every moment. And then he tells us to be sound in faith, to be sound in love, and to be sound in endurance. To be sound in faith describes their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Be a real man who has a heart for God. Not just a church person, but a Christ person. Be that kind of man to lead. I thought of the song I love so much. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take Him at His word. Just to rest upon His promise and to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, Oh, for grace to trust him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that thou art with me, wilt be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Matter of fact, I almost got myself in trouble this morning as I was studying this and I started looking on YouTube and found out there must, I don't know how many people have recorded Just a so Sweet to Trust in Jesus. I've probably listened to four or five different versions. The precious song. A oh, man, sound in faith. All right, next one. I know I've got to move on. Sound in love. The, the picture here is He really loves God and He really loves people. <laughs> it's not some superficial fake thing. He loves, has a heart that's selfless and affection for others. We heard several dads described as selfless. Um, Sound and endurance is this third one. The idea is being committed to pursuing relationships no matter the cost. How many today appear to always be looking for a back door? A way out if things don't work? But that is not what is being described here. The call is for men who stick it out. And who is their example? Who is our example? It's Jesus. The greatest demonstration of the call of an older man. Through his ministry, what did he do? He demonstrated the Spirit's power, not escaping the cross, but enduring it. For us. So he could go back to fellowship. With his father. Having satisfied the wrath. That comes because of sin. So that we can have a relationship. With him. All of us who believe in him. He's the perfect model. Of the older man. Called endurance. Robert Fulgham. Tells the story of when his daughter. Was a little girl. She gave him a paper bag. To take with him to work. And. When he asked what was in the bag, uh, well, she answered. She said, just some stuff. Take it with you, Daddy. When he sat down for lunch at his desk, he pulled out the paper bag and he poured out its contents, two ribbons, three stones, a plastic dinosaur, a pencil stub, a tiny seashell, used lipstick, two chocolate kisses, and 13 pennies. <laughs> he you know, he chuckled, finished his lunch, swept everything off into the wastebasket, and continued his day of work. When he arrived home that evening, his daughter asked, uh, "Daddy, where's my bag? The things I really like. I thought you might like to play with them. I, I need them back now, Daddy." Yeah. Fulgham says, uh, "When I saw, uh, when she saw my hesitation, tears welled up in her eyes. You didn't lose the bag, did you, Daddy?" Fulgum said. Told her, no, no, honey, no, I'll bring it back tomorrow. So as soon as she went to bed, he goes to the office, starts digging through the trash can and trying to come up with these precious treasures that he has thrown away. Here's what he says. He says, Molly had given me her treasures, all that a seven-year-old held dear, and I missed it. Not just missed it, I had thrown it away. I went back to my office, dumped all the waste baskets out on the desk. Jander came in and asked, did you lose something? Yeah, my mind. It's probably in there. When he found the bag, he uncrumpled it, and he filled it again with his daughter's items. Two ribbons, three stones, a plastic dinosaur, a pencil stub, a tiny seashell, used lipstick, two chocolate kisses, and 13 pennies. He brought them home. He sat down with Molly and had her tell him all over again, The story behind every precious treasure in that bag. And then he writes these words. To my surprise, Molly gave me the bag once again several days later. Same old bag, same stuff inside, but I felt forgiven. Over several months, the bag was given to me from time to time to take with me to the office It was never clear to me why I did or did not get the bag on a certain day. I began to think of it as the daddy prize. In time, Molly turned her attention to other things. She grew up. She gave me the bag one morning and never asked for it back. It sits in my office, left over from when a little child said, Here, this is the best I've got. This is my treasure, and it's all yours I missed it the first time. But it's my bag now. It's my bag now. Paul is giving the charge. He's saying. Man. You need to learn what is first and foremost. What to keep and what to discard. You need to know what matters For eternity in the lives of the ones our Lord loves. And the ones that you love. You need to have temperance. And self-control. And soundness. And faith. And health. And endurance. And that love. That's the call. Guys, we're not looking for someone to step in and be that man. Guys, I'm asking you as I ask me, God, make us that man. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Um, Thank you for what we have heard today, God, from your people. And Father, it just puts that ache inside each of us, regardless of how old we are as a dad, young dad, um, middle-aged or older dad. Father, there's still a heartbeat. Make me that type of man, God. Jesus demonstrated so beautifully what it was like to give it up for others, Lord. I pray that you do such a work in us here at Kingsway. And not just the men, all of us who are your children, God. People need to see Christ. And the way they see that is through your children. So I pray you do that work in us, God. Thank you for a special day to celebrate. And we want to listen to your voice, Father. Maybe you've spoken through this service to someone here today who wants to make a commitment to you. Father, may we just say yes to the call of the Holy Spirit, whatever that commitment needs to be. Give us courage to step out and say yes to you whether it's to come to this altar and pray, whether it's to make a decision where we stand and sing, whether it's to come before your people to pray and share. Father, we just ask that we would be obedient. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.